What is up, everybody? Welcome to Joyfully You Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Lowe. Joyfully You Podcast is the home for anyone that has experienced codependency or people-pleasing perfectionism, someone that's a sensitive soul that is ready to feel empowered and also aligned. And aligned being like our actions matching up with our values of how we see ourselves and see the world. And so I'm really excited about this episode today. This episode came through um, a DM in Instagram connecting with one of you that listened to the show. And if you've ever DM'd me, I've probably asked you before, like, what are topics that you like and what are topics you want to hear more of? Um, Because anytime that there's a topic that comes up, you're like, oh, I'd really love to hear about that. Send it to me on DM on Instagram. I literally copy and paste those into a folder on future topics because if you're a listener and you want to hear more on something, I'm literally creating this um, to support you. And of course, like I am fueled by this way to express myself and like be in this, uh, put myself in this seat to have a little show and talk about some of these things that I think are really important. So the question was learning to be less of a, or or the statement of something you want to hear about was learning to be less of a love addict. I find myself repeating cycles in my relationship that feel more like an addiction than love. Like, whoa, right when I saw that message, I told her so much inspiration just ignited because I get that. I, I feel like I was very much the similar way of just wanting to be needed, wanting to be accepted, wanting to be validated, wanting to be loved wanting to be seen and needing someone else to facilitate all of that, like not being able to feel that for herself. And I'm not going to lie. There's been some personal introspection happening within myself of realizing how like the level of validation I got from having a personal brand online and social media and like sharing pictures of myself and talking about my stories it created such this external validation that really supported me to where I didn't care about having a relationship. And what I discovered about the whole addiction thing, it's almost like my personal experience around it was getting so excited about this new drug, AKA a boyfriend, going in so deep, so fast, getting totally burned, totally addicted, totally strung out, we're just gonna keep using this analogy, to the point of not recognizing myself and it freaked me out so bad. It scared me so bad that I was like, fuck this, I'm never having a real relationship in my life. Like, And that is when the turtle became my spirit animal because I decided that I would have a hard shell and no one could penetrate thy hard shell because I shall not be hurt again. <laughs> like seriously, if I think back of like, wow, I did not date or open myself to anything potentially serious after that because I was just so terrified Um, because I didn't want it to happen again. And that still kind of comes up in my current relationship where I have to recognize when am I upset or when am I having a triggered response to a past fear that, you know, I'm afraid of reoccurring, a past experience I'm afraid of reoccurring, or is this actually about him? Like, where am I projecting things, you know? And it's really important to notice because if I didn't have emotional intelligence of my past traumas, I probably would have ruined my relationship already. I know that sounds pretty crazy to say, but, and maybe it wouldn't happen because we can only match up with people that have the same level of like emotional availability as us. So let's get back to this whole thing of like the love addict of what is it that I'm getting each time I'm in a relationship. And oftentimes it's this validation of like, am I worthy on my own? That's like the deepest core question. 
am I still important if I'm by myself and there isn't someone that's making me their object of of their attention? Because something that can happen um, is if you are wanting love and attention, but you're not wanting intimacy, you'll end up, this sounds so awful to say, but I'm just going to say it. You end up dating down, dating someone that isn't as attractive, dating someone that isn't as successful, dating someone that people would say like, you're kind of out of his league because you there's this internal thought of he'll never leave me because he's so in such awe that he's with me. And I definitely had experiences of that where I realized like, wow, this is the most creative form of protecting myself by dating someone that can't hurt me because I won't actually care if they leave. Isn't that so fucked up? But it's not, but it's not though, because it wasn't like this intentional thing. It was just the level of vulnerability and intimacy I was capable of having because I had so much fear. The shell was so present, <laughs> right? So think about like, okay, same thing with like addictions. Let's actually just talk about addictions and, and maybe this will kind of create a bridge with the relationship side of the, the, of be feeling like a love addict. Like, oh, I totally lost it right now. It'll come back. Okay. So one of the biggest things that has helped me shift addiction, and I'm not saying like completely overcome it because there's still certain things that I dabble with, but I don't feel a slave to it anymore the way that I have in the past, is removing some of the shame. So for example, each time you say, I shouldn't be doing this, but you do it anyways, there's so much shame putting you out of alignment. But if it's like, well, I'm choosing to do this, why does it that I shouldn't be? Says who, right? You're like, says my doctor, says that one teacher, says my ex-boyfriend, says, you know, anything that you have guilt around thinking you shouldn't be doing it, um, that shame just perpetuates the secrecy of what it is you're doing, which anticip- magnifies the, the, the need to numb the emotions that you're avoiding in the first place that's causing the addiction, Okay. So if we think about it in the form of like being addicted to love, it's what do the relationships help me avoid that I can't avoid when I'm single? You know, for anyone that feels like they're the opposite, that they're not addicted to love, they're addicted to being alone is what does being alone help you avoid that you can't avoid when you're single? I was definitely in that boat of like, you know, it's like the... Uh, anxious attachment versus avoiding attachment. Like the avoiding attachment's like, I want to be in a relationship, but I also like want to keep you at a far distance just in case. Then the anxious avoidance, like I want to be in a relationship and I want you right here, right next to me. And like, I need to make sure to know you love me. You know, we can go back and forth and I'm not going to get too much into the therapy talk because that's just not my area of expertise. Um, But personal development, self-growth, spirituality, these topics right here, is my jam. So when I was 21, no, I don't know, sometime in my 20s, I remember crying to my friend in a very vulnerable moment and telling him like, what if I'm addicted to having sex? And he's like, why would you say that? He's all, because I have a hard time saying no when I'm in the heat of the moment with someone and I'm upset with myself after. Okay. This was a deep shame story that I had for a long time of feeling like like a slut, you know? And even saying that word out loud, like, I, I kind of view the word slut in a playful way. But the word itself, like if someone were to ever call me that, it would just be so painful. Because there's a part of me that felt like maybe it was true. 
Like, why do I keep having sex with these people that are not any significant person in my life, but it's like one night stands or hooking up with friends or whatever, where it was this need and desire to feel connection and to feel intimacy, but I didn't know how to do it on an emotional level. So I was finding it in a physical way. And you know, he, it's, it was a friend that was in AA. So he was someone that I felt like I could talk to about addictions. And he was just like, I don't think you're addicted to having sex. I think that you really want to feel seen and loved and connected. And, you know, uh, I talk a lot about self-expression on here and being able to vocalize and speak and communicate what it is you're feeling. I had such a fear of rejecting other people, especially guys, of like saying no, because I was afraid like, oh, if they get mad or if they get offended or they think I don't like them because I do like them, or it would just be, oh, I kind of want to do this. This actually sounds fun. You know, it's like both ways of like this pleasure seeking. And that's one thing I know for sure. A lot of listeners on this show, myself included, there's a pleasure seeking that's always happening of like, What's the next thing? What's something fun? What are we going to do? Like, da, 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 right? And so if you find yourself feeling like kind of addicted to love, it's like, okay, uh, am I seeking novelty by always wanting someone else? It's like, perform, monkey, perform. I know it sounds awful to say it in that way, but it, there, subconsciously we could do it where we are in relationship with certain people because of how they make us feel versus how we feel about them. And there's like this codependency that can happen of like, you know, molding yourself to fit the idea that you think they want. See how many like mirrors back and forth? I'm going to say that again. If codependency is is slowly losing yourself to fit the mold of what you think they want. It might not even be what they actually said that they want in a partner, but you're, you're sensing, you're noticing, you're adapting, you're trying to fit yourself into the most um, lovable version of yourself. And through the process of doing that, we tend to lose ourselves because we're not standing in our own individuality anymore because we're so worried about creating this peace and harmony. Um, and so anyone that struggled with people pleasing, one of the core roots of that is a fear of rejection, fear of being rejected so we don't say those uncomfortable things. We don't want to ruin the mood. We don't want to tell them to go get a condom. We don't want to tell them to stop or slow down, her, them, whatever. You don't want to tell them that one thing that you're really wanting to say because you're afraid that you'll ruin something. That's one of the biggest like um, lies that we tell ourselves is like that we're going to ruin the mood because if you are being honest, even if sometimes like it feels like, okay, I'm not being very nice, but I'm being real right now. Um, it helps you show the character of that other person because sometimes as a, if you're someone that people pleases, you'll assume how they would react and then decide whether you want to communicate and open up or not because you've already assumed that they will act this way. They will respond this way. When you don't know that for sure, maybe you do over time and time, but do you? how do you know for certain, right? Like, aren't you willing to give a shot to that other person to see how they can open up and meet you if you open up as well. So if you feel like, oh my God, am I addicted to love and just repeating the same cycles over and over again, I would open up a journal and write out what are some of the patterns I see repeating. All of the breakthroughs that I've had after a breakup came from the self-reflection of actually asking myself certain questions. Questions like, what did I learn through this? What am I so 
incredibly angry about, right? Especially anyone that's experienced people pleasing. The anger part of us normally gets shut down because it's like it's not welcomed because it hasn't gotten us anywhere when we were younger. But when we shut down that part of our anger, we also end up shutting down our power and our passion. And so creating healthy containers for anger could be you filling out a whole fucking page of anger that you have towards someone and how they fucking hurt you and how they weren't there for you and how they betrayed you and all these things is the reasons why you broke up and really letting it all out. My favorite... So I've literally gone through this where I'm like, oh, I'm writing like five or six pages and it's just like <laughs> rage pages. That's what we'll call them. We'll call them like rage pages. And then afterwards, it's this release of like, oh, I got that out of my system and onto the paper. It doesn't have to live inside my body anymore. But if I need to take an additional step to just like really um, create more of a ritual around it is like, then you go outside and you light those papers on fire. Or you rip them out of the journal and you rip them up. Like you find a way to release all of the charged emotions that um, you don't want to feel, you know. And if you feel guilty, I encourage you to tap into anger. The reason why is guilty is actually a step down from anger. At least when you're angry, there's a little bit of empowerment. But guilty is like, I'm wrong, I'm bad, like I did something bad, like this shame and guilt. Guilt is when you feel bad about doing something. Shame is when you feel bad about who you are. You know, you think there's something wrong with you. Um, and that's not the case. That's never the case. That's why shame research has become so popular. It's because it's that thing that no one knows how to talk about or articulate that can continue to build and grow. And so one thing I would say, if you ever felt like you were addicted to love, maybe you do have codependent tendencies, but it's because there's a part of you that wants to feel seen and heard and validated and satisfied. And I think it does require community for us to feel a sense of fulfillment, but we can't put that in the hands of one person. It's suffocating, overwhelming, and, you know, it's, it's, it doesn't allow for two people to come together and create like this unity while also being their own individual people. And so this is actually something I've had to focus on myself too, of like not making my partner the most important person in my life. Because when I love, I love hard and I want to like treat you. And so I want to be treated, you know, I want to just like be in this whole honeymoon stage of love forever. Um, but if I'm putting, it's like putting all your stones in one basket or all your eggs in one basket. We have to diversify our fulfillment. So what are what are your external things that you're a part of in your life that don't involve him? You know, like for me, the podcast is something that's separate from, you know, my, my business, my job, the podcast, my relationship with my friends, my relationship with my family. Like he's a part of those things, but there's all these different ways that I'm creating connection with the world around me that can give me um, a sense of fulfillment of purpose of, you know, because if you're only relying on one person to give you what you need to feel good, or you need someone to act a certain way in order for you to feel a certain way, which obviously in relationships, if someone's acting shitty, you're going to feel shitty. If someone's treating you bad, you're going to, you're going to be like, what the fuck's going on? Right? Normally people will internalize of like, I did something wrong and I'm bad, or they completely externalize where it's you did something bad I am never to blame for this right or it's like everyone else is to blame or I am to blame generally the people listening to this podcast are similar to me where it's like I am to blame I'm the worst going down the spiral of just like 
oh my God, <laughs> right? The overthinking, all this stuff. That's why I'm such an, uh, an advocate for forgiveness, self-forgiveness. Because when we can go through, especially if you've recently gotten through a breakup, you're starting to realize some of your patterns, this is where we get to go into the state of forgiveness. So forgiving yourself for the things you didn't know then that you know now. Because with every relationship, we're going to get these little nuggets, these little jewels that we can take with us. And yeah, there's going to be a lot of pain and there's mourning and we got to grieve. We got to give ourselves grace to be in the step that we're in with our process. And at the same time, the things that you discover through the process can be things that you feel like shit about because you didn't know, or could things that you can feel this sense of appreciation of like, I didn't know then what I know now, but I do know this now. And I'm in the process of forgiving myself because I didn't know then. I would never get mad at someone for something they didn't even know. But now I do. And now I am committed to opening my heart and having these difficult conversations. I'm committed to noticing my own patterns and projections so I don't bring them into another relationship. But if I do, that's okay because I'm going to address it and I'm going to talk about it and I'm going to do my very best to heal it and to stand up for myself and to also be open to hearing other people's perspectives rather than assuming that I already know how they're going to respond because of my own past trauma. I'm committed to trying again. I'm committed to opening my heart. I'm worthy of receiving love and there's nothing wrong with desiring love. And I'm right where I need to be for the lessons that I need to learn. And sometimes life just sucks. And then sometimes it's really great and we figure it out. And then sometimes we don't know what to do, but then all of a sudden we have moments of clarity. But remember this, you are surrounded by so many people that love you. The universe has your back. Nature is calling and And you're right on time. You're right on time. Please take a deep breath and drop those shoulders, baby girl. I love you so much. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Joyfully You Podcast. I am your host, Kelsey Lowe, and I will see you on the next episode. P.S. If you've never left a review, please go to Apple Podcasts in the app, select um, the five stars, and write a little review if you've been getting value from the show and you've been loving it. It means the world to me. See you later. See you later.